You're listening to the Pimp Cron Podcast. And welcome to another episode of the Pimp Cron Warhammer Podcast, where we aim to n- ignite the flame of hobby in each and every one of you. I am your host, Pimp Cron, and I am joined by... Well, basically no one, but I am joined by one guest tonight for the first time ever. Cronette Jr. is going to be on, and I'm very excited to have her on. And this is also our 52nd episode. That's right, 52nd episode. One year ago, the Pimpcron Warhammer podcast was birthed into existence, and the world will never be the same. We've changed lives, we've touched hearts. We've touched tips. We've touched everything. We licked some stuff. It's It's been weird. It's just been weird. Um, I actually have an employee that I have to tell to not put things in his mouth. <laughs> and I wish I was joking. So, <laughs> that was off topic, but it is true. So, um, what are we talking about here tonight? Well, first of all, I am deliriously tired. So, that's hopefully that doesn't come off too badly in this intro, and we are discussing Bell of Lost Souls and the Black Library. It's story time with the Pimpcron. And did you know that the Bell of Lost Souls and the Black Library were two things that are actually in the lore of 40k? Well, not all of you did that, so the people that did know it, you can just shut your pie hole. And we also have all these new cuts for GW. What units get cut, what units don't, how much more of the old world are they ripping out of your heart? Well, we'll find out, and we'll also get my take on it. That is new news. Finally, we have Warcry. We've got the Corvus Cabal with me and Cronet Jr. And, of course, all this is in no particular order. And we see whether or not we want that. What have I been doing in my free time? Well, I ran a demo with my Corn Bloodbound in the store on our game night for a new guy, and I lost, which is to be expected on a demo game, so I just just lost. And then I finally got enough of my Caradron Overlords assembled for me and Just James to have a good old game to play. So... He has owned his Sylvanith for quite some time, and I just assembled about 1,500 points worth of Caradron, and I'm painting it. And I did not know, you know, normally I like to temper myself so that, you know, I'm not taking anything that's too cheesy or too bad or too good or whatever, and just, you know, middle-of-the-road stuff. And uh, I really don't know it because this was literally my first ever game of Caradron Overlords. Well, Just James has owned Sylvaneth for about a year or two now, but he only had, like, I think it was just to start collecting, so he never really played it because it was, like, 700 points or something. But he just got the new Sylvaneth uh, Codex, and he got some more Sylvaneth, uh, the new characters that came out. I think it was part of Gloom Spite. I don't recall. My brain is fried at this point. Anyway, so we tried a game of... My Caradron Overlords versus his Sylvaneth. And at turn two, he was nearly tabled, and nobody was having fun. I said, just James, listen up. 
why don't we, it's, you know, we've only been playing for a short time. This is turn two. Uh, we both know how this is going to end. Why don't I change up my list for Caradron a little bit? And because I, well, I'll finish my story first. Um, why don't we, you know, just restart the game. You know what I can do now. I know what you can do now. And we have a better feeling for our armies. Let's just restart this game and see how it goes. Maybe it'd be better in your favor. So he said, okay. And then we started game two. And then on turn two of game two, he was nearly tabled. And we decided to call it quits. Because I was feeling bad for the second time. And he was not thrilled for the second time. And come to find out, the Caradron Overlords are freaking disgusting with their shooting. Um, the first list I took included a Lord Ordinator from Stormcast as an ally because he buffs Order War Machines and Caradron Overlord ships are Order War Machines. He gives them plus one to hit and he can make one shoot twice, etc, etc. And being that a lot of my ballistic skill for this army is a four up, I was like, oh, well, I'm definitely going to need plus one of my cannons and being able to shoot twice. So, uh... That turned out to be absolutely devastating. So in our second game, I took him out and took a Grunstock Gunhauler, which is the little ship. And uh, I thought that might be a little more fair. But come to find out Sylvaneth, a lot of their units are not durable in any sense of the word. So we just shredded a Tree Lord and we killed a bunch of Revenants and we killed a bunch of uh, dryads, and, you know, the Caradron Overlords, they have a lot of rend. I mean, uh, nearly all their weapons are minus one rend, and the Sylvaneth happened to have, um, predominantly five up saves, so that doesn't go too well in his favor. It was really nothing he did. I don't think it was really anything I did. It's just the fact that my stuff shoots a lot and his stuff isn't durable, so we're both limited in exactly what we own. You know, we don't really know how good or bad these armies are. So that's kind of where it fell. I felt very unfulfilled, and I think he did too. That is just unfortunate. But the Caradron Overlords seem pretty nasty. So, And I didn't even take the, um, the, the best chapter either. The best Sky City, Skyport. So, um... That is basically what I've been up to. I've painted a bunch of um, Caradron, and I've been laying out the last part of my novel for the Brutality Skirmish War game, which, of course, you know, doesn't really have anything to do with the Skirmish War game except for the lore and the backstory of it. And that is about it, I think. So I'm very, very excited that we are in our one-year episode for the Pimpcron Warhammer podcast. This, I wish I was more excited, honestly, because I am, I have to keep stop recording to yawn, and that is, <laughs> that's kind of sad. So this is my, obviously my busy time of year, but I'm not going to keep complaining about that, and uh, boy, I cannot wait for the summer to be over, I gotta tell you that much. But I should be, it's a shame I started in August, because if I started like in October, boy, I'd be all peppy and energetic and I could just celebrate all night but unfortunately this old man has to go to bed so it has been a wild ride I think I've learned a lot I think our show sounds a lot better um, I think we've we've gotten some better equipment thanks to patreon 
we have a better microphone and a mixer and things like that. And um, Patreon pays for our, um, you know, it's not super cheap uh, for the hosting of this podcast. I just got the bill again this year and I'm like, good God. So it takes months and months of Patreon patrons helping us out to pay for just the hosting of our show. If you use, you know, like free accounts and things like that, you can only keep like 10 episodes or something of that nature on the website, but we are able to pay for our unlimited hosting thanks to our all of our friends on Patreon, and I always appreciate it. You know, um, I have one other point of business before we get on with the show. We are having a charity raffle at Shorehammer this year, which Shorehammer, of course, is coming up at the, um, the I think it's the third weekend in November. I don't know where weekends fall, but we have a charity raffle. And it's to benefit Horizons of Salisbury, which is a uh, nonprofit that helps children stay in school and keep good grades and whatnot. And we are soliciting uh, donations from businesses for our charity raffle. And so far, uh, we've got Cromlick on board. They're going to be sending us stuff. We've got Spellcrow on board. They're sending us stuff. Frontline Gaming already sent us a mat, and they are always such a pleasure to deal with. And uh, we are soliciting other uh, help. So we'll see what we can do and how much money we can raise for this charity. It's very exciting. It's something I've wanted to do since the beginning of Shorehammer. But, uh, you know, that's how it goes. But, hey, if you guys if you guys are interested and you are anywhere within six hours of Ocean City, Maryland, you need to come to Shorehammer because it is awesome. It's very friendly. It's very casual. It's what everybody says about our event is that it's not hyper competitive. You know, you can get some good tactics and some good strategy in there. There's, um, you know, some moderate restrictions on list building just to cut out all the cheese. And our biggest tournament is the Highlander. And uh, so this is one full year of the Pimpcron Warhammer podcast. And it has been a lot of fun. And I hope you guys enjoy it. Our re- our listenership, I almost said readership, our listenership is increasing all the time, and I appreciate it. Our Pimpcron Dynasty on Patreon is increasing, and I appreciate it. And, you know, without your guys' interaction and sending us emails and things like that, we just, I would just stop. Because the whole reason why to do this is to communicate with the community. So, as always, thank you for listening, and let's get on with the show. Want that, or want that not? On this edition of Want That or Want That Not, I'm joined by my oldest female offspring, Cronette Jr. How are you doing, Cronette? Good. Uh... All right, so we want to discuss the... What are these guys called? These are called the Corvus Cabal for Warcry. So Warcry is a small version of Warhammer where they use skirmish rules and there's small war bands. So the Corvus Cabal, what do these guys look like? What's your first impression of them? They look like birds. <laughs> yes, they do. They do look like birds. A uh, lot. We've got at least one girl in here. We might have more than one girl, but... Yeah. Um, so they have a whole bird motif going on. <laughs> yeah. What The first thing that comes to mind that I really, really like is look how the leader is dressed like a bird. Yeah. And... He or she, I can't tell, 
is on stilts. Yeah, it has like bird stilts. And their bare feet are strapped to these stilts that look like bird claws. That's... That is pretty cool, actually. Yeah. It's it's silly, but it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, What is something that you really like about these? I really like their, the shading on the wings. I like the detail on the wings. Yeah, I every like individual the feather. <laughs> yeah, and the stilts. Uh, what about these helmets? Favorite. Do you like these big bird helmets, or do you think they look goofy, or what? They look really cool. Like, they use actual bird skulls for it. Yeah. If, yeah, that would be really cool. Um, they, uh, I don't see any shooting at all here. They all look like they have spears and axes and swords. And... Yeah, they all look like melee. Yeah, the girl looks like she's probably a special character, because she's got, like, this thing on her back, like a totem, and she's, she's like, feeding a bird. Yeah. She's in a different pose. She's not in a battle pose. Usually the heroes, like the leaders, are in different poses. You know, like this person on the stilts and this person there. And yeah. you notice pretty much everyone else, um, this is a, uh, what, three, six, nine people in this in this set. And I think it's $50. Yeah, it's $50 for nine people. Whoa. That's... Yeah. You think that's expensive? Yeah, for like nine or Yeah, ten for people. nine models. It's it's a bit expensive, but um uh Warcry looks pretty neat. Um my kind of complaint and you can agree with me or not, Cronet Jr. There's no right or wrong answers here, is that the leader looks really cool. Yes. And the girl looks pretty cool. Uh-huh. But the rest of everybody kind of all look the same. Yeah, they like they're not really they're not very new- unique. They're like no. all they all have like the same outfits. They're all the and they're all kind of running or yeah. whatever. Um all in all, I mean I, I think these look cool overall, but each individual model is kind of just the same. Yeah, basically. Now they, they all have like bird helmets, they all have a shirtless. They're all yeah, shirtless they're pretty all much. Shirtless. And uh, they all have, like, feathers around their neck. Uh-huh. And they all have a spear or a sword. Yeah. And it's it's basically... And they're all running. Like, there's not one person with, like, you know, a bow and arrow or a gun <laughs> yeah. or anything like that. So, ultimately, um, if you were to play Warhammer, if you were to play Warcry, which is this game, would you or would you not want this warband? It would be really cool to have it. Um... But I'm sure there's other ones, so probably not. Okay, so you think there's probably other warbands there that look cooler than this one? Yes. Uh, I think I agree with you. I really <laughs> do. The only thing that I really, really like about this is the one guy on stilts. <laughs> yeah. That is really cool how he's actually like holding those wings up like he's a bird. That is really cool. Yeah, I just, I'm kind of really disappointed in all the other... Regular models. And, of course, they've got really nice detail. They have a lot of action. Like, you know, many of them are only on one foot because they're running. I mean, that's all fine. That's good. But you've got seven people here that all just kind of look the same. Yeah. Only, like, two people are on both feet. Yeah. Only two people look unique at all. Yeah. So... Uh, this is really tough for me. Um, of course, when I see this skirmish stuff, the first thing I think about is brutality. Yeah. I can make a brutality warband out of this. 
But then I think that, you know, in brutality, you need, um, like, a, a well-rounded force. You need magic, you need range, you need melee, you need all this stuff. And I really could not make a warband out of this, because there's no, there's no shooting. There's, yeah, there's no, like... It doesn't look like any magic, either. Yeah, it's, it's just... It's just combat. So... Yeah. Unfortunately, I think I'm going to also have to pass on this. Not that it looks terrible, it's just kind of plain. Yeah. So, unfortunately, guys, that is two Want That Knots for Cr Pimp Cron and Cronet Jr. So, thank you for being on Cronet Jr. Bye. Now, here's an idea. Hey, it's story time again with Pimpcron, and tonight I have two commonly used phrases that have definitions that you may not have known. So let's take a look at what they are. First off, in the lore, we've all heard of Bell of Lost Souls, which is the website that I have a weekly column on, and Bell of Lost Souls is actually something from the 40k uh, fluff. And it is actually a thing. So there is a real Bell of Lost Souls in 40k. The Bell of Lost Souls is sounded when a great hero of the Imperium dies or a Grey Knight falls in battle. It is located on Terra at the peak of the to Tower of Heroes. It is ancient like most of the equipment on Terra and as big as a building. It is also covered in runes, and its sound is said to be like the scream of an anguished god that lasts for a long time and reaches the ears of millions of the inhabitants of Terra. When rung, servants that maintain the bell must be sealed in reinforced shelters in order to prevent ruptured eardrums, followed by death from lung bursting and embolism. The bell has uh, was rung 1,000 times to honor each dead marine when the Firehawks chapter was lost. So first off, okay, this is just a crazy, crazy thing. As all things with the Imperium, it is way over the top, okay? You could, like, send out a text, you could tweet, you know, you could do whatever you wanted, but now you get to rung this huge-ass bell the size of a building and rupture eardrums and whatnot. Now, my next thing is, is it rang a thousand times to honor each dead Marine from the Firehawks chapter, so it says that this sound lasts for a long time. It says that it reaches millions of ears. It says that you can have lung embolisms and ruptured eardrums from hearing it and being too close to it, yet they rang it for a thousand times. Now, I can't even imagine what that would be. Like, just... More people probably committed suicide because of the Firehawks chapter being lost and the number of times the bell was rung than anything else combined that year. Tyranids? Ah, we're not worried about it. Bell of Lost Souls? That is freaking annoying, and people are jumping out of windows. So what is another commonly used term that most of you may not know actually is associated with the lore behind Warhammer? Well, of course, that would be Black Library. And there is a lot to be said about the Black Library. Just like the Bell of Lost Souls, the Black Library is a real thing in the lore of 40k. So let's see what the Black Library is. This is the history of the Black Library. The Black Library is the only source of the Eldari's knowledge concerning chaos that has remained untouched. It was created by the Eldari deity, and I'm not going to try to say this name. Yes, I will. Kekarok? Kekarot. Kekarok? better known as the Laughing God. 
Though for what purposes the god created this repository can only be guessed. The Black Library is spoken of by the Eldari as the dark craft world existing within the webway, far beyond the reach of the Imperium of Man. Within the Black Library are the collected tomes and writings describing the Eldari's studies of the Immaterium and all the entities that live within it. These writings also describe all aspects of chaos, its perils, promises, and horrors. The library is enclosed within a nearly impenetrable psychic barrier. Interesting, they say, nearly impenetrable. And is watched and maintained by its Eldari guardian scribes, who collate and transcribe the knowledge of the Black Library, a task they have carried out since the fall. The Black Library contains not just the Eldari's knowledge of chaos, any new knowledge of chaos gained by any intelligent species of the galaxy is taken and kept within the library. These include a copy of the Book of Magnus, the potent tome of sorcery created by the Thousand Suns Traitor Legion's Primarch, or the Book of Lorgar, written by the Primarch of the Wordbearers Traitor Legion that sought to spread the teachings of the Ruinous Powers, both before the Horus Heresy. The Black Library is as much a source of knowledge for those who fight chaos as it is a vault to keep dangerous knowledge hidden and protected from those who would misuse it. The existence of the Black Library is known to few, and even fewer are allowed to access it. The library's collective psychic mind embodied in its un- uh, I'm sorry, infinity circuit defends itself, barring the weak and corruptible. Only those who have mastered the temptations of chaos within themselves are able to enter. Two groups come and go at will, the human Illuminati and the Eldari Solitaires, the most dangerous of the Harlequins. The Imperial Inquisitor Bronislaw Shavek was granted entry by the Black Council once to study the accumulated lore concerning mankind's interaction with chaos, but had to prove himself worthy of the honor. Inquisitor, Inquisitor Jock Draco also managed to find a way into the Black Library and steal the book of the Ranadandra, the Rhododendrum. Yeah, it's the Book of the Flowers, known alternatively among Imperial scholars as the Eldar Book of Fate. The Chaos Sorcerer Araman of the Thousand Suns Traitor Legion sought entrance to the Black Library in his vain attempt to better understand his master, the Mercurial Zinch, the Changer of Ways, and the Chaos God of Sorcery. For many Terran centuries, the Black Library and its guardians managed to repel this particularly troublesome would-be invader. Then, in 998.M41, shortly before Abaddon the Despoiler's 13th Black Crusade began, Armand led his warband of Thousand Sons into the webway in an effort to finally claim the Black Library. Engaging in furious battles with the Harlequins and the forces of the craft worlds of Yulthwe and Laganath, Araman advanced to within sight of the library itself. However, several major arteries of the webway were choked with the dead before the heretic Astartes were driven from the secret paths leading to the library. The breach caused by the rampaging sorcerers was sealed, but as a result, a section of the webway was lost forever to the Eldari. The Final Act At the very heart of the Black Library, there lies a silver-lit vault. Therein stands a plinth made of finely graven obstinite, upon which rests a crystalline book said to contain the words of the Eldari god Segarok. I'm, I'm sure some of you are irritated because I'm sure I've messed that up. Since the fall, the tome's cover has remained 
closed, sealed shut with flickering chains of light. Yet now long-awaited portents have come to pass. A fallen sorcerer sought and nearly won the lore of the library. A king stirred back to life in his court of death and silence, and rose once more to lead mankind. As the signs of the Rana Dandra had come to pass, so the bands of light abound the book had flickered and died. Now, at last, the tome has fallen open following the birth of the Great Rift. Within its pages, the Shadow Seers have found a script, a secret final act that changes utterly the tale of the fall. Penned in inks of light and shadow. Mm. These words, I was thinking, aren't, isn't ink always in either light or shadow? But whatever, I'm, I'm overthinking this. These words present a slender hope, detailing an intricate, galaxy-spanning performance with the potential to change the fate of the Eldari species. Always, the strands of fate have pointed toward the victory of chaos during the last mythic battle of creation known to the Eldari as the Ranadandra. Yet within the pages the Crystal Tome is recorded Segarok's ultimate jest, a way to trick Slanesh into expending all her power not to destroy the Eldari, but to save them. How such an impossibility could come to pass is unclear, for on this matter the final act is infuriatingly vague. Yet the Harlequins take their god's words on faith alone, for their devotion to Segarok is total and his methods beyond question or reproach. Thus, they have begun the steps of their final dance, and will see it completed or else face absolute destruction in the attempt. Good grief this was wordy. So, it's pretty interesting. It's like the Black Library. Uh, nobody gets in there. Super impenetrable. Yeah, definitely impenetrable. Except, except, the human Illuminati got in. The uh, Eldari Solitaires got in. An Inquisitor got in, another Inquisitor got in, Aramon practically got in. So this is this is sounding like they kind of uh, dropped the ball on this old this uh this old black library here. But uh, that's actually pretty interesting. I always wondered what the black library was. Clearly, it meant something because they made all these books about it. And that is basically what we are covering tonight. So, I hope you enjoyed that. It was a lot to say. Uh, it was pretty fun learning about it, though. Unfortunately, there's not that much on the Bell of Lost Souls, but whatever. Later. Now it's time for Real Talk with Pentcron. Hey, everybody. It's the Pentcron, and I want to discuss all the new news that GW is finally slashing some more of the old world. So, of course, with the end times, they cut several, well, basically all of the named characters out of Warhammer fantasy and became Age of Sigmar and such and such. Um, a few people survived, but most everybody was dead. And there is brand new news that they are now cutting even more models from the Age of Sigmar line, and a lot of it is the old Warhammer fantasy stuff that has not been in a codex, has not been any supplement, hasn't been anywhere, really. And there is a new book called Cities of Sigmar that is coming out, and apparently that will be having a lot of free guild stuff, and uh, from what I've heard, some elves possibly, some dispossessed possibly, and whatnot. But I have the full list here, and I wanted to read that out and tell you exactly what is going to 
last chance to buy on the website because this is very interesting to me. So uh, let's start with the Dispossessed. Now, this right here is something that I don't know if I'm happy about or if I, I don't know if I'm upset about because... You know, I was struggling for the last two years or so. I've really been flirting with the idea of either starting Caradron Overlords or starting um, the Dispossessed. And I figured Dispossessed would be getting its own codex here at some point because they have so many models and things like that. The unfortunate part of this is that the Dispossessed is on this list. There's five different units on the list of um, things that are getting cut by GW. Now, I don't know what is in this new Cities of Sigmar thing, so maybe the rest of the Dispossessed will be in there. It's really hard to say. But first of all, we've got the Quarrelers, which I believe was a battle line for Dispossessed. And that is getting cut. So are the Thunderers. And the Unforged, which I'm not really certain what that is, the Unforged. And then, of course, the Organ Gun and the Cannon. So, now that strikes me as odd. Because... And also Dispossessed Warriors. Okay, so let's get that over the way. The Organ Gun slash Cannon really surprises me, and the reason for that is that the Empire used to have an Empire Cannon, and the Dispossessed had a Dispossessed Cannon. And the when they switched over to Age of Sigmar, the Empire Cannon got cut out, but they kept the Dispossessed, dispossessed Cannon. And that was essentially like the only cannon, actual like old-style cannon that you had in the order alignment at all. And now that is getting cut as well. So that's kind of interesting to me. Maybe they don't like cannons. Maybe they don't like crude models. Not really sure. But I do have to say, and I kind of hate this because I don't like them cutting out the old models, but of course, you know, things have to move on. Uh, I am happy that I literally just started my Caradron Overlords army and I decided on that over Dispossessed because, uh, you know, that's they're now they're starting to cut units from Dispossessed and all that. At least Caradron Overlords will hopefully have you know another five or ten years before they start getting cut. Who knows? Maybe I'm just being a little too negative. The next section is Chaos: Slaves to Darkness, Godsworn Warband is what's getting cut. I have no idea what that is. So we'll move on. The Empire. Now this is a big deal because I have a lot of Empire models. The Empire Gunmaster is getting cut. Uh, he was in Iron Weld Arsenal. I have several of them, but I never used them because he's kind of shitty. Uh, so that kind of sucks. The Free Guild General, which uh, I believe it is... Yeah, just the Free Guild General on foot is getting cut. No surprise, because there's no point to take a Free Guild General on foot now that a horse is free. The Warrior Priest, which no one used... That's getting cut. The Warrior Priest on Horse, which no one used. That's getting cut. The Witch Hunter is getting cut, which, of course, nobody usually uses the Witch Hunter either. He was kind of... He was kind of like the um, the Dark Elf Assassins, where they just... He was just kind of like a single model for an army, essentially. Um, I actually think he was part of the um, Flagellans and all that, but... Then we've got Free Guild Archers is being cut, and I own some of those, but mm, honestly, I'm not that upset over them. I, I don't really care that much. They didn't get that much use. Um, it used to be what Huntsmen and Archers were two different units, 
and then they wrapped huntsmen and archers into one unit, and now they're just cutting them all together. Well, that's fine with me, I guess. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do with my archers now, but maybe there's a new option in the cities of Sigmar. The uh, Free Guild General Mounted. Okay, now you're hitting me where it hurts. Uh, Free Guild General Mounted is my warlord for my empire army. You sons of bitches. You blew it up. You really did. Damn you all. So, my Free Guild General on his horse is now going to die. That's just great. And finally, Lord Volcar the Grim on War Altar of Sigmar. Uh, I don't even know what that is. The War Altar of Sigmar? I, th I think that's probably, like, long gone. I haven't even seen that. It's not in any books. I don't know what that is. And finally, the last group that is getting cut is Elves, which are the High Andwood Elves. The Skycutters which is kind of a shame. That's a pretty cool-looking model, the Skycutters are. That's getting cut. Archmage, Dragon Noble, the Dragon Blades is getting cut. The Glade Guard, no, don't do that to me. Glade Guard are awesome. Uh, I don't play Elves, but I have a unit of Glade Guard, which serve as my Mandrakes for Dark Eldar. And uh, that's that's upsetting, because Glade Guard, you know, they're not even that... The Skycutters and the Glade Guard aren't even old models to my to my knowledge they're beautifully detailed but what do you do the white line chariot dragon i think that's i think that's wrong i think it's the white lion chariot is what it is and uh, i've never seen anybody play with that it still looks really cool it's a really good way to get two lions if you need 28 millimeter lions and the white lions themselves which uh, are the the people with swords they're once again, I never see anybody play them. The Waystrider is getting cut. The Wayfinder Spellweaver is getting cut. The Waywatcher is getting cut. The Loremaster, and we're not talking about Alex. The Loremaster is getting cut. I think he's got the guy with the um the Dragon Ball Z energy in his hand. And finally, the Chariots. Um, seems like there's a lot of Wood Elves getting cut here. Glade Guard, Waystrider, Wayfinder, Waywatcher. All that getting cut. That's that's a little surprising. Um, I guess they're trying to get away from the whole elf thing, and they're trying to do more specialized things. Like you know, the Idonath Deepkin isn't even. I mean, they are elves, but they're not spoken about as elves. They're kind of their own thing. And then of course the Sylvanith, which used to be part of the Wood Elves, now the Sylvanith are their own thing. So I guess there's really no point for the Wood Elves. It kind of sucks, but, you know, you always still have the PDFs for all this stuff. So, of course, my entire Facebook feed has been... And by the way, that's all the cuts. So my entire Facebook feed has been filled with people gnashing their teeth and getting angry and peeing themselves and um, drinking their own urine and all kinds of weird, weird things because of this. Uh, you know, honestly, when's the last time you saw anybody play White Lions? Like, I just don't, I don't see any of that. Uh, maybe I should pick up one box of Glade Guard before they're gone, just, uh, you know, to to have another unit of Mandrakes. But other than that, I mean, it's, you know, it is what it is, honestly. I have thought about making the High Elf Army, but I guess I won't now. Um, but this is kind of what I've been saying the entire time, though, that 
they can't continue to expand the model line without cutting something. And I've said this for a while. You know, if you just think about in the last couple of years, we've gotten a whole new whole new factions added. We've had Admech, we've had Harlequins, we've had um um Corn Bloodbound, we've had Stormcast, we've had Nighthaunt, we've had um uh Primaris we've had uh you know plague um death guard we've had all new primarchs being made we've had i mean just just a ton of stuff i mean primaris and stormcast get a new release basically every week and you just cannot continue to make this uh rate of models without starting to cut the rest of your product line that you're not selling so nobody can really you know, be upset over this too badly. I mean, the good news is, is that nobody I know gives a crap if you use a PDF of an old model. Um, that's not really a big deal for most people. So, um, but, you know, it is kind of sad just to see more and more of the old world get cut out. And I didn't really play fantasy back then, but I do have a, you know, I'm sure a lot of you do have kind of a soft spot for all of this old stuff. And, well, it is going by the wayside. The interesting thing is I'm pretty sure Quarrelers and Thunderers were... Uh, dispossessed Warriors and Quarrelers, I think, were the battle line for Dwarves. So that's interesting. If they're getting wrapped up in Cities of Sigmar, then that might mean that they... Well, I mean, not these cut models, but if, if Dispossessed is getting wrapped up in Cities of Sigmar, that's an interesting development, honestly. So... Um, you know, I really, I heard rumors that they were going to be getting rid of Pistoliers and uh, Outriders for Empire, but I guess they're not. And uh, Demigriff Knights, you know, I, I heard all kinds of rumors, but no, according to this list, they are not getting rid of too, too much of Empire. So, you know, once you start looking at this list and you break it down, You've got a bunch of stuff that's getting cut that nobody hardly ever used, with the exception of my free girl general. Other than that, I mean, I own two or three gunmasters, and I've painted one, and I never ever use him. So, meh. I don't think it's some big loss, but if if you know people still want to whine and complain about it, I guess that's their their prerogative. But you know, this still leads me to wonder how long GW can keep this up. How long can they constantly be adding new new armies and new models and new games for that matter? We've got Titanicus, we've got Aeronautica coming up, we've got Warcry and Kill Teams and uh, Underworlds and good God, you got so much. I guess at this point, you know, their their finances are doing really well and the last quarter that I saw they had really great uh, profit. So I guess they're trying to throw anything they possibly can at the wall and, you know, just see what sticks at this point. And you really can't blame them for that because um, they they have to keep ahead of this. They have to constantly keep putting out new stuff. Oh, well, I guess. So it does lead me to believe, is this the last we've seen of all the things being cut by the old world? It's hard to say. All I do know is that Cities of Sigmar cover looks pretty awesome. With all the with the Empire guy on there. Looks pretty awesome. So I guess we will see. Thanks for listening.